Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 292 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Lisa Lindell, Lisa lives in Smyrna, Delaware, and she is an HR project manager, and it is a career after being a teacher, which we talked about Mm -hmm. (laughs) before we started recording, because I think ex-teachers make wonderful employees for any business at all. So welcome, Lisa. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here and talk to you. Nervous, but excited. It's like Well, don't be nervous. (laughs) Well, definitely not. It's definitely not that. (laughs) I am just me. And um, I look forward to talking to you. You snuck right in. Someone had canceled the interview for today and you took the spot a lot sooner than we were expecting. And I'm really glad. So thank you for being here. 
Well, um, you know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? So I started intermittent fasting the right way um, on a Tuesday, Tuesday, May 31st of this past year, 2022. So just a little over eight months now, eight and a half months. My husband likes to take the credit for uh, for my <laughs> fasting and he doesn't fast, which is funny, but he's all in, he's very heavy into the weight loss world and fitness and bodybuilding type research. And um, he's been telling me for years, if you want to lose weight, you just need to fast. Yeah. But I had a doctor. Well, I love that. Yeah. I love that, that he's like, this is how to do it. Yeah, exactly. He's very much a huge proponent of it. He does it occasionally, but he does his own thing. But I had a doctor tell me once that I, oh, with your thyroid, you cannot fast, cannot fast with a thyroid issue. It will make it worse. So that was always my answer to my husband. Well, I can't. The doctor said I can't. And I am shaking my head because, (laughs) of course, you know, and I know that's not the case. But there's so many misconceptions out there, and that is one of them. That is one of them. Some people believe that 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 might be true, and so you might hear it. And the irony is I've heard from so many intermittent fasters, whether they have Hashimoto's or whether they're, you know, traditionally just taking, you know, thyroid medicine for a sluggish thyroid over time. People with Hashimoto's find their their thyroid antibodies go down. I think that's what <laughs> that's a good thing, right? It, they they stop attacking their thyroid so much and it gets better. And people who have sluggish thyroids find they need less thyroid medicine over time. So so many people have had great results. Yeah, I, they have already, and and this comes in later in my story, but they have already started decreasing my thyroid medicine by so much. They, they've they already told me, you'll probably be off of this, but we can't wow. just take you right off of it. Yeah. We need to decrease and check blood work and decrease. And check. So you're, you're hypothyroid or Hashimoto's? Hypo. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, I'm glad that you finally didn't let the doctor say, nope, not for people with thyroid problems. Yeah. You yeah. didn't let that stop you anymore. And I actually came, came to that I was doing my my last diet that I did and my last diet forever. I was researching that diet on a podcast and that was how I came to your podcast, which was odd, but they mentioned the diet on your podcast and I think that's why it came up. Okay. What what diet was it? Bright line eating. Okay. Yep. And I was like, huh, like, let me just search thyroids and intermittent fasting. After I listened to the episode of intermittent fasting stories, I thought, I'm so intrigued by this. And my husband's talked about it for so long. Let me just search thyroids and intermittent fasting. And I came across a podcast. I can't remember the name of it, but this doctor, this, the guest they had on their podcast was saying the exact opposite of what my endocrinologist said. No, fasting will actually help your thyroid. And here's why. And so I thought my husband and I happened to be on a anniversary trip in Rhode Island. And I was just out taking a walk by myself, getting some coffee, listening to this podcast. And I thought, the day I get home, I'm, I'm starting. I'm just going to, yeah. what do I have to lose besides weight? My um, thyroid's already messed up. So if there, it's going to mess it up more, we'll fix it. And so I just started on that Tuesday. We got back from the trip and haven't looked back and my thyroid has improved greatly. So I love that. And, and, you know, there's so many misconceptions out there that make people pause, you know, because you could find literally any reason why not to do intermittent fasting if you look for it. Oh, you can't do it because you're a woman. Oh, you can't do it because you have a thyroid problem. Oh, you can't do it because fill in the blank. Or, you know, if you're too diabetic, you can't do it when actually the opposite is true. It's, you know, healing for type 2 diabetes. So you just have to go with how, how, try it. 
see how it makes you feel. And if you're getting better like you are, then you know that it's good for you. So I love that you heard a doctor who was promoting it. Yes. Do you remember who that was? I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I did. I don't, I don't remember the doctor. I don't remember the podcast. I just remember that's what I searched and, and that's what I found. And I, it was all I needed to, to say, oh, I'll give it a try. Yeah. So you had been doing bright line eating before that. How long did you do that? I actually only did it for three weeks. Okay. It's hardcore. <laughs> yeah, it's very hardcore. And I was only doing it for three weeks before I I tend to throw myself all into all the books, all the podcasts, all yeah. the research on anything I'm doing. And so, like I said, I was on that vacation with my husband and I just searched Bright Line Eating and Susan Pierce Thompson's name into the search field. And one of your podcasts came up. And I That thought, is so surprising. Yeah, and I thought... This is about intermittent fasting. This isn't about bright line eating, but I listened and your guest at the end mentioned bright line eating and Susan Pierce Thompson. And that was why I think it okay. came up in the search. Was, was it Andrea? Was was that the, I think her name was Andrea. I, don't I know that Andrea I, talked about it. She She's had huge success on, on intermittent fasting, but I can't remember. I meant to write it down before this, this interview, but I totally forgot. Yeah. All right. Well, that's fun. I love that. That I don't know if the Brightline people would be excited to know. I know. I know. <laughs> that you found me because I don't know that they are fans of intermittent fasting. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, I was doing their plan because it is very strict, and they tell you right. exactly what to eat and and when to eat. I was already naturally doing a sixteen eight, and that's where my thought process went as well. I was like, okay, I'm doing Brightline eating. I've done it for three weeks. I've for three weeks I've been doing sixteen eight. I yeah. was eating nine to five. There's no snacking on that plan. I was eating 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. So that's how I Is that what they fasting. want you to do? Do they want you to eat nine to five? I don't know that that was intentional. No, that's just how it worked with my schedule where I woke okay. up and I got my daughter to school and I started my breakfast at 9 a.m. Okay. And I was home doing the whole dinner thing and done by five. Because I was going to say- if they did want you to eat nine to five, and that is that is intermittent, you're right. Yeah. That's an eight hour period of time. So, so when <laughs> I officially funny. started fasting, I all I did was decrease that window a little bit. I said, "All right, I'm going to try seventeen seven because I've already been doing sixteen eight. I've got that." Um, and I I slowly pushed those windows back week by week by one hour until I'm where I am today, which is around nineteen five twenty four. All right. So you're around 19.5 to 24. When do you normally have your eating window? It is different every day. I mostly during the week, I do an earlier window. I'll, I'll start maybe an 11 to three. I know it's opposite for a lot of people, but for me during the week is a little bit harder. I want to eat earlier. I don't know why that is, but on the weekends I could wait forever. So, and That's so interesting. That is literally the opposite of what a lot of people opposite. find. Yeah. Cause when I was working, it was so much easier not to eat. And on the weekends when I would be like, now I'm clutching the clock. Yes. And I get that. On the weekends, it's the only time I have to, you know, clean my house and do the dishes. And so I just keep myself busy. And, and, you know, the weekends is when all the things are happening. So you might have an event that night or something. And I tend to, tend to wait to eat. I'm still fasted today. It's we're recording at 4 p.m. So yep, I'm still fasted today, and it's Valentine's Day. We're recording this, so happy Valentine's Day! Do you have big plans for Valentine's dinner tonight? We are just my husband and daughter and I are just having a pot roast. That's it. Nothing fancy. I'm cooking. Yeah, we're having a a pork tenderloin and mashed potatoes and peas and carrots, and I'm making brownies because Chad likes brownies. He likes chocolate. I never bake brownies ever, 
but we're going to have them while they're still hot and we're going to put ice cream on top. Oh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> so I will be having some restless legs later. Oh, this yeah. night. So I'll have to use my vibration plate two times. Probably <laughs> tonight. But you know what? Sometimes you just eat brownies and ice cream. Exactly. I did get a uh, chocolate covered strawberries is what I got for dessert. Oh, that sounds really good. Yeah. I probably would be a lot better off with chocolate-covered <laughs> strawberries than brownies. It's like the flowery, sugary things are worse for my restless legs than yeah I get than that. something else. But okay, so you you started off, you you gradually shifted to about nineteen five to twenty four, and that's where you are finding yourself now. Yeah, and I, I've kind of naturally, with, with no, did not intend to do this, but I've kind of naturally become OMAD. I think it just comes eventually uh, with appetite correction and just satiety signals and following yeah. all of that. I kind of do the open my window with the one meal and later on, I, I was in the beginning getting stuck in that eating for future hunger. Right. Before my window closed, I'd be like, I got to eat something, even though I'm not hungry, because I'm going to be hungry later. And And I got stuck in that for a while, but I've learned not to do that. Don't eat for future hunger. And uh, so now it's just, I eat a meal and I just, I listen to my body. If I'm hungry later, I'll have another meal. But usually I'll just close my window with either some cheese and crackers or daily harvest shakes. I add a scoop of protein to those and um, I'll close my window out with that. They're so good, aren't they? They're so good. I was just wearing a CGM recently and, you know, when I had something like ice cream, for example, my blood sugar would go way up from the ice cream. Those daily harvest smoothies, they do not make my blood sugar go crazy. And they're so good. Even the bowls and and it's just things I would never think to put together. And and I would read the side of it and go, I'm not even going to like that. And then it's somehow delicious. Right. <laughs> I know. It, and it's so many, like, re- it's all real foods. It's nothing funky. That's yes. why I like them so much. But yeah, it was great to see how steady that my blood sugar would stay after those smoothies versus, you know, ice cream. Cause right. You know, but it still it meets that like sweet meets tooth the sweet, kind yeah. of a, and this is not an ad for daily. Oh, no. oh, there could be one in the podcast. There could be. I don't know when they're in there and when they aren't because they do sponsor the podcast, but I actually used them before they sponsored the podcast. Yeah. And and funny enough, I used them before I ever heard them sponsored on your podcast. Oh, good. So, yeah. Well, they're just yeah. really good Genuine and the food fan. is such high quality. Yeah. So you, you like to close with one of those smoothies. What's your favorite? Mm, that's tough. Probably the strawberry cashew. I like that one. I like oh, I love that one too. Yeah. 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 Have you had the one, the sesame? I can't remember what else is in it. It's like something with sesame and it's like black. Oh. Banana and sesame maybe. It's really different. I love it though. Huh. You're either going to love mm-hmm. it or hate it. Yeah. Try the um, banana sesame and you might be like, okay, why did Jen have me try that one? That one is gross, but it, it has a different kind of a flavor a little bit savory and sweet, and I really like it anyway. <laughs> so you open with a meal. You found that that works better. Yeah, I, I've, I've tried it all the ways. I've tried opening with a snack. I've tried opening with the daily yep. harvest shake. Um, and I oh, just yeah, found, I can't do that. Yeah, I found saving something sweeter for the end is, is better. Not to mention I enjoy having something sweet after all of my meals. That's not something I've really given up yet. I do plan to adjust my eating as I go along, but I don't restrict, which is what I love about this. And the difference I think is before I would eat, you know, a whole 
sleeve of Girl Scout cookies because I didn't know when the next time I was going to be able to have Girl Scout cookies was. And I already ate one. So let me just eat this sleeve and be done. Get rid of them now. Yeah. And now I'm like, I'm just going to have two Girl Scout cookies and call it a night. I think it's natural for us to want to have something sweet. It's part of, you know, human nature. And if we all crave something sweet, how can that be bad? If it's a natural craving that our bodies have to have a little something sweet. The problem is that we have all these weird fake sweet things now that didn't exist in nature, you know, so we're, we're wanting to eat an entire sleeve of Girl Scout cookies, which is. <laughs> yes, I did. Um, I did keto in 2018 and I made all the fake sweet stuff uh, and I never want to eat any of that again. If I'm eating something no. sweet, it will be real sugar. <laughs> exactly. Or something really, really good. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. But I, I love that you opened with the meal and, and you experimented to figure that out. Because a lot of people get tripped up thinking that they're supposed to open with a snack and then have their meal later. And, and there's really no one right way to do it. A lot of people do better opening with a meal because it's hard to stop with just a little bit of food yes. for a lot of people. Yep. And I definitely do it. It, it fills me up and satisfies me as long as you're eating all the right things. I, I can definitely tell a difference if I open my window with, you know, if, if we're out somewhere and I'm eating whatever food's there that I wouldn't normally have, whether it's a cheeseburger and fries, or I might be hungrier later when on a typical day, when I load my plate with protein and vegetables and Dave's killer bread, I love Dave's killer bread. Oh, I do too. <laughs> then I'm satisfied that that's a different kind of full. It's not the full that later on I feel like I need to eat again. It satisfies me because I'm, I think, because I'm eating the nutrients that my body's asking for. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's buyoptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. Well, the the saying that that goes along with that, and it's 
as soon as I heard it for the first time, it just rang so true, is being overfed and undernourished, right? I think most of our society is overfed and undernourished because someone can be obese and have nutrient deficiencies because they're not eating nutrients, like literally no nutrients in your foods that you're, you know, those ultra processed foods. So the the higher the nutrient density of what you're eating, the more satisfying it is. And that's been so true for me, yes. like really understanding that. And and I didn't come to truly understand that for my own body until Daily Harvest, actually. Um, I ordered the bowls and the shakes. And I noticed that on the days that I opened my window by eating one of their bowls, I was just full to the point of being full, not overstuffed and feeling sick. And I was satisfied for the rest of the day. And I was like, there's something in those bowls. (laughs) They're full of nutrients. nutrients they put in there. And by the way, I consider that to be a snack. <laughs> that that'll be how I open my window. I'll have one of and those. And you know what? I do add protein to those. When I eat those bowls, okay. I'll add chicken or ground turkey. Um, and same with the shakes, I'll add a scoop of protein to those too. Okay. You're bulking it up a little yep. bit. But yeah, yep. like that to me is a snack. And that's why it's funny, you know, the way that we define a snack or a meal. I do have a feeling that the way I define a snack might be the way other people define a meal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we like yeah, to I'm eat. like, yeah, that's that's not a meal right there. Whatever you're eating, no, no. But yeah, we, we do like to eat. But you notice the more nutrients you fed your body, the more satisfied you were. Correct. Yep. That really is true. And anyone who's struggling, if you're listening and you're struggling with, you know, eating and eating and eating and not being satisfied and feeling like you have to binge on something, that's what happens for me if I don't eat great quality food. So, you know, I, one day... A couple of weeks ago, I was here at this this house where I record my podcast, and nothing was in the pantry. I was hungry, and it was just a bunch of snack foods. So I had like a bunch of snack foods, a little cheese, and I was just like rummaging through the pantry, and I never got satisfied ever. And then I felt sick because I was like, I just ate a bunch of junk, and none of it was satisfying. Yeah, and I think that's where your your coined term "window worthy" comes into play. I, I think about that anytime I open my window, like well, okay, this is going to be it. What do I want to do with this, this window? Do I want to go after the the junk and then I'm still going to be hungry later and I'm going to eat more than I want to and things that my body don't want and I'm not going to be satisfied or do I just want to fill my plate with nutrients and make it worth it? And the thing about that is that food is so delicious. That's the part, like for me, if you go back, I was actually talking to Chad about this the other night. I can't remember what we were eating. Oh, I was talking about the meals I've been ordering lately and how I'm trying to really focus on the ones with lots of veggies. And I'm like, can you believe that this is how I'm cooking? Because all these things, I wouldn't have eaten like this in, you know, 2014, 2015, you know, prioritizing the veggies, ordering those meals on purpose instead of, you know, like meat and potatoes. Of course, I did just say we're having meat and potatoes tonight, but. (laughs) Yeah, same over here. I, I, Chad, he, he's a very good sport. He would be happier if every night we had a meat and two sides and a piece of bread. He would like that better if, if I did that. But instead, I'm ordering a lot of, you know, like, I'll order like a chickpea bowl or something. <laughs> <laughs> he eats it all with being a good sport, right? <laughs> I rarely am cooking meat at home these days. But so has your, have your tastes in food changed because of intermittent fasting or did that start happening before? I don't know. I don't know if I can, I think for sure my taste in foods has changed a little bit because of fasting. I was, like I said, I did keto in 2018 and, and that was when I really started. I know keto gets a 
a bad name. And I think it's because it is not being used for what it was meant for. It, yeah. it, it was never meant to be a fad diet and true keto, which is what I did for the, the full year that I did keto is, you know, eating healthy fats and and vegetables and lean proteins and getting your fats from, you know, those healthy oils. And that's how I did keto. And ever since keto, I have been interested from 2018 to now in diets that focus on whole foods and organic foods. And, and so I think that started my, my journey to eating the healthier things and taking out processed, ultra processed foods and, and things like that. Yep. You know, when we look deep at any dietary recommendations, like any of them, you know, you've probably heard me talk about the low fat diets of the 90s, you know, low carb, keto, all of them. When you look deeply into all of them, they never intended us to be having all those Franken foods as part of them. The low fat diet of the 90s, the actual diet book written by the, the person saying, here is a great way to eat. He wanted you to eat real food that was low in fat and said, I'm over there eating snack walls and SpaghettiOs thinking I'm doing it. No. Right. <laughs> Same thing with keto, right? You yeah. know, real food. I was over there eating hot dogs and <laughs> yeah, hot dogs and bacon, cheese, cheese and pepperoni. And, and it was never, it was never meant to be that, but that's what, right. that's how people, how people did it. And, and when I did it, I can't say I didn't do it that way to start, but as I did more and more of my research and podcast listening, I definitely was doing clean clean keto. And, and I lost 60 pounds doing that, but I gained 30 of it back. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I do think that would be interesting because when I did keto, the last time I ever restricted any carbs, it was 2014. And so that was still in pretty early days. As far as keto goes, it was still very much the bacon and yeah, that was early. cheese days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure I did it quote wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I ate any vegetables. No. <laughs> no, my plate. My plate was always protein and vegetables and olive oil. Lots of olive oil. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's probably a much better way to do it. That was actually my original introduction to fasting was through keto, but of course it was keto fasting, which you know is bulletproof coffee and oh, bone yeah. broth, and and that was when I um, it did it for about a week or two, or what I thought was fasting. When I went to that endocrinologist appointment, and she said, "No, no, no, stop." People with thyroids cannot fast. Oh my gosh. So that was my yeah. first introduction to fasting. Um, and and ever since then, I kept telling my husband, I can't do it. My doctor said no. <laughs> Thanks, doc. That's yeah. funny. So we started, you talked about 2018 for keto. Do you have much of a diet history prior to that? I have a huge diet history. I I wouldn't say I was overweight until after high school, even though I always thought that I was in high school. In hindsight, I just was never that scrawny teenage girl with little legs and small hips. I always had a figure, always had an hourglass figure. The adults in my life would tell me I had birthing hips. Oh, thanks, adults. Thanks, adults. No, do not say that to anyone ever. Ever. (laughs) Well, not to mention, I ended up, uh, part of my story is, is my fertility journey. I ended up not being able to get pregnant. So, no, I don't have birthing hips. So I think that, and I had an uncle who called me Pudge. I just always thought that I was fat in high school. I was 125 pounds in high school when I met my husband. I met my husband when I was 16 and I'm five foot five for reference. Oh, so that's absolutely perfect. Yes. 125 pounds. 
at 5'5 is literally on those height and weight charts right in the middle of the ideal weight. It's, I mean, it's it's perfect. Yes. And I wish I understood that then because I, I grew up just thinking I was always fat. And by the end of high school, I was 145 pounds. Like I said, at that point, I'd been dating my husband for two years and we did all the Italian and all the Cinnabon and all the things. And I was 145 by the time I graduated. By the end of that first summer, I was up to 175. Okay. And when I saw that number, I thought, what is going on? Like, I'm not getting any higher. My first diet was the hamburger tomato diet. Do you know that one? Okay, I do not, but I probably would have been all over a hamburger and tomato diet because that <laughs> See, sounds the, pretty delicious. The funny thing is I don't even like tomatoes to this day, and I didn't Uh-oh. like them then, but I choked them down. So what was that diet you just ate? Like, did you just make, like, was it like ground beef and you cooked it like that? Or did you make it like a hamburger or what did you do? Yeah, it was just a hamburger. So for every meal for three days, you could have a hamburger and a tomato and you were allowed mustard as a condiment. And but no bread, just no the bread, meat. Just just plain hamburger and a and a slice of tomato every every meal for three days. And my mom was doing it. I was in high school. I did it. That's the first diet that I can remember doing. Well, it sounds delicious. I do love hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> but when I saw that 175, I I ordered Nutrisystem. That was the first okay. real diet tea thing I can remember doing. Well, you know, they they sell it to us on the commercials, and we're like, you know, Nutrisystem, gotta do it. It's, on the commercial, Marie did it. I'm going to do it. Yep. But of course, nothing worked. I, I kept gaining. I don't know exactly when I hit 200 pounds, but I was definitely in my early 20s. I will be 42 next month. So for the past 20 years, I have been over 200 pounds and have not been able to get under it. Even when I did keto, I never, I, when I started keto in 2018, I was 280 pounds. That was my max. That was my max weight. And still never got under 200 even doing keto. So you lost 60 with keto. Lost 60 with keto. So I got down to 220. And that was the lowest I could ever get. I never got any lower until fasting. I am 190 today. So. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. I still, I know I still have a long way to go, but just when I first saw that 199, I was jumping for joy. Like it was the first time I had. Oh, I know. Seeing a one, I remember we call that Wonderland, yes, Wonderland. right? With the one, being in Wonderland. So that's really exciting. And you've only been doing fat. You've only been doing intermittent fasting for eight months. Yes, I have. So, how um, much have you lost in those eight months? I have lost sixty pounds in those eight months. Wow, that is remarkable. Yeah. Yep. And and you know the scale keeps moving. It, it's slow for me mm-hmm. in the sense of I think it's about I do weigh every day and I track mm-hmm. and yep. I don't get hung up on those numbers weighing every day because I see the pattern. Right. The the weekly averaging or what the trend is doing. Yeah. Yes. Or just based on my cycle. I can tell yeah. you based on where I am in the month in my cycle, whether I'm going to lose that week or gain that week or stay the same. I can tell you exactly what I'm going to do without even getting on that scale. So it's consistent and it's consistently around four pounds a month. Whereas if I wasn't fasting, I, that'd be going back up by now. There's yeah. no way I would still be losing. So I will take the slower four pounds a month. I'll take that over continuing to gain because who knows where Absolutely. I would be if I wasn't fasting. Absolutely. Yeah. And really four pounds a month is right on on track. A pound a week average is a good rate of loss. You know, someone, someone who's losing a pound a week, I wouldn't call that slow. If someone is losing half a pound a week, yes. <laughs> 
we'll, we'll call that slow. But 60 pounds in eight months is spectacular. I bet at the beginning, it, of course, more comes off early on. Yes. Yeah. More came off early on and then and then about four pounds a month since then. Um, That's but it's, fabulous. And, and just to be able yeah. to sustain it, you know, over the holidays, um, it started with a, a trip to visit our family out in Colorado uh, for Thanksgiving. And from I, I stuck to my windows. I never broke fasting, but I definitely was eating every minute my window was open. I was eating all the things I wasn't holding back. And I never gained a pound from love it from that Thanksgiving up until the first of January when I was like, Lisa, we got to get this back into eating good because I feel like crap. Never gained a pound. Love it. Your body let you know it was enough of those treats. Yes. <laughs> That's true. I love that our bodies do that because that day that I, I was talking about where I opened my window with junk because that was ground down here in the pantry, I would have been better off to just wait till I got back home and eat there. But I was like, I'm here. I'm going to, I think I was also working on my book and I was taking a break. I don't know. But yeah, your body's like, no, don't do that. Yes. Yeah, I was ready. I was ready. <laughs> Send some nutrients. So you mentioned before your fertility journey. Did you want to talk about that at all? Sure. So my husband and I had been trying to conceive naturally for years. And this comes after I was diagnosed with a thyroid issue. And I was, like I said, I've been over 200 pounds for as long as I can remember now, since my 20s. And so we finally decided to seek medical help for our fertility journey. And the first doctor I went to told me I needed to lose weight. And I was mad about that. And I, and I, I'm sure that was part of the the problem, but I just, I just thought, you know, I just wanted to be pregnant so badly. And I, I just thought, I, I see other people who are bigger than me getting pregnant all the time. So I and to me, that just feels like lazy doctoring. Mm -hmm. If the first thing you say to someone who's overweight is you need to lose weight. I mean, Come on, right? So I went to go see another doctor. <laughs> I was yep. like, I'll find a doctor that will help me. And I did. And we did several rounds of insemination and we did in vitro. And I gained a whole heck of a lot of my weight during that fertility journey and all the hormones I was shooting in me. Not to mention I was depressed and I was, mm -hmm. you know, all those things. So I gained a whole bunch of weight. The, the in vitro failed. And, and I do think this is because I was so unhealthy, my eggs that we didn't have any eggs to freeze, um, just for reference, when you have in vitro done, they only got five eggs from me. That's with all the hormones. Wow. I had a friend who produced 18 eggs when she did in vitro. So, and then for the day of implantation, I only had one egg that lived one embryo. So that was our only shot. We didn't have any more money to do this again. We didn't have any more eggs to do this again. And it failed. So, so yeah, I was, I was depressed. I was eating a lot and I was gaining a whole lot of weight and I was desperate. So I actually went to get weight loss surgery. I went through the process of bariatric surgery. And when you go through that, you have to go through, I think it's like six months of classes. I can't remember anymore. And every week they put you on a diet and they say, this is how you're going to have to eat after the surgery. The surgery is not a, you know, a magic pill. You have to eat the right amount of protein and you're going to have to follow this diet. So they kind of put you on that diet while you're going through the classes before you're approved for the surgery. And you have to prove at each class that you are maintaining your weight or losing. Okay. So if you were gaining, they would be like, no, they would not approve you. And okay. I, I did lose 35 pounds 
And this whole process, my husband had been trying to talk me out of surgery. He was like, Lisa, you don't need surgery. Do you really want to alter your body? And do you want to drink out of a straw for the rest of your life or not be able to drink out of a straw for the rest of your life? You you can't drink out of a straw because it adds air to your stomach that's already smaller now. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And you probably, I'm drinking my Topo Chico. You can see you probably would not be able to drink Topo. No. (laughs) Would not be able to drink those. Those are my favorite. They're so sparkly. So I actually, um, I lost those 35 pounds and I thought, okay, I can do this. I was two weeks away from, I got a surgery date. I was approved. I was two weeks away when I backed out of the weight loss surgery because I thought- Oh, good. I was hoping that's where the story was going. I was like, I can do this. But of course I went back up again. I, and, and we continued trying to get pregnant, couldn't get pregnant. We finally gave up on our pregnancy goals and just were like, okay, we're going to be the party couple for life. Like that's just going to be us. And we ate all the things and we drank all the things. And our, our door was always open for anybody who wanted to come and eat and drink with us. And then my sister called me in 2013 and she said, Lisa, I'm pregnant. I can't take care of a baby. I want it to be yours. It's your baby. I'm just carrying it. This is your baby. So we adopted my niece, my biological niece. And that's like making me feel choked. I know I I will cry. So I can't, (laughs) (laughs) I can't talk about it too much or I start to cry. Yeah. What a special gift from your sister. So that's why she's our little Valentine today. We'll, we'll spend the evening Uh, with her. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So 2013, you adopted your biological niece. Yes. She was born in 2014. And that was when I was at my highest weight of 280 pounds. And for the next four years until I found keto, I did every diet you could think of. I mean, you name it, I probably did it. And, um, and my endocrinologist was really good at just saying like, here's a pill. I, I took, I took Fetamine. Yep. There were some shots I took in my belly, which took me back to that fertility journey. I was like, here I am putting shots in my belly again, but this time I'm doing it because I'm trying to lose weight. They would check my numbers and say, you know, are you having any issues? You know? And I, and I would say, well, not, not besides my weight. I just want to lose weight. And they said, Oh, is that something you're interested in? And Jen, I wanted to scream. I am morbidly obese. Is that something I'm interested in? Yes, it's something I'm interested in. I mean, there's nobody, nobody who is morbidly obese. You feel uncomfortable in your body. It's not just because you want to look good in your jeans. It feels bad. I couldn't bend over and paint my toenails. I couldn't, like I had to move my belly out of the way to see my female parts. I mean, you it if you've not ever been for anybody who's listening if you've never been in an obese body it doesn't feel good if you could snap your fingers you would right. you would do it and change that body just because of how it feels it's hard yep yeah and so they said oh your your thyroid's not at a place where you you'll be able to lose weight or you know as quickly as anyone else or even be able to lose weight we have you in a normal range but it's not uh, and so then they adjusted my medication to to get me closer to a range where I could lose weight. But that was always that was always the answer from my endocrinologist was another pill or another, you know, um, adjusting my medications. So anyhow, in 2018, that was when I found keto, and um, I, like I said, I lost 60 pounds doing that for the, for a year. I don't know why I ever stopped, other than I wanted to start reintroducing some sugar and carbs. I just missed them. <laughs> right. Well, they're so good. They're you so know, good. Anytime I've ever restricted what I was eating, you know, I, I don't know if you've heard me talk about my whole food plant-based experiment that I did for 60 days and I felt really good, but it's just not easy. Right. 
to to avoid things like that, you know. And and there's some meals I eat that are whole food plant based now because I love it's delicious food. But you can't go out to eat easily. You can't go to somebody's house. You're like, I can't eat that. I don't want to be that person. And that's my favorite thing about fasting now is I'm not the person who's like. You know, my friends used to text me, oh, here's the menu that we're having. Like, is there anything that you, what What do you need? Because yeah. I know you're keto or what do you need? I know you do Whole30 or, or whatever the case may be. And I love that now it's just, I'll, I'll eat whatever you have. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I went through both Thanksgiving and Christmas with my whole food plant-based experiment. And we had our family gathering was December 10th in Augusta. We called it Christ giving because it was Christmas and Thanksgiving mashed together. Oh, nice. But I brought my own food. So it would be whole food plant-based. And <laughs> it was delicious. But I was like, no, no, this is not, <laughs> not going to work. <laughs> Uh, bless. But you're right. It it just takes an awful lot of awful lot of planning. Yeah, yeah. So I um I think You just stopped with the keto. Yeah, I think that's why I decided to just um start reintroducing. And of course, reintroducing turned into a whole lot of carbs and sugar eventually. It it wasn't just yeah. a couple things here and there. It it turned back into my normal eating uh pre-keto. And I went on to gain back 30 pounds. And then over the next you know, a few years in between that and and where I am now with intermittent fasting, I I did so many different things. Again, um, Whole30, which I know is just a elimination diet, but I, I did it for 30 days straight. And then I used it, not, not Whole30 completely because it is just an elimination diet. I reintroduced some things and I ate a Whole30 style. Right. Moving forward from there. And again, the the emphasis on eating real foods is always good. And that's that's the the positive of Whole30. Although if you read the Whole30 book, it like tells you not to skip breakfast and stuff. Yeah. Like <laughs> I actually recommend it to people who want an elimination protocol. Yes. Somebody in the community was, she's like, okay, because she was having trouble with, with something, you know, IBS or something. I'm like, you know, it could be what you're eating. Try Whole30 is an elimination protocol. So she, I guess she got the book and she's reading it. She's like, I don't agree with any of this because it was like, don't skip breakfast, never miss a meal. And I'm like, well, don't read that part. Yeah, just, just, just <laughs> use the elimination protocol in your window. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did Modare. They sell this, they call it trim. It's it's like CLA and collagen mixed together, but they, okay. they advertise it as it will melt the fat away. And <laughs> I did that in conjunction with a whole 30 type of diet. Cause again, once I did keto, I really became aware of like the foods Real I want to be eating and putting in my yeah. body. And I'll never forget. I did that for six months straight and it didn't do anything for me. It did not melt any fat away. What? And it I didn't reached, melt the fat off your body? It did not melt the fat off oh, my body. And shocking. I, <laughs> and I reached out to the, the social marketer who I bought it from and she connected me to her upline and and this woman who didn't know me at all, she just had my phone number, had the nerve to say to me, well, you know, there's no magic pill and you have to put the work in and you can't just expect it to work by itself. And like, well, that is pretty much what you said. Yeah. Well, <laughs> number one, that is how you advertise it. But but number two, like, I, that's not who I am. And, and you've never been obese. And I right. think people don't understand that obese people don't want to be obese. And I'm not going to waste my money. I paid a pretty penny for that bottle of trim. I'm not going to waste my money just eating Doritos and cheeseburgers and trusting that it's going to do what you say it's going to do. I'm going to use it as a tool with my clean diet to see if this will work for me. And it didn't. It didn't. Yeah. 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 
So and who knows um, what's even in those things? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so from there, it was bright line eating, and um, and that was in May of 2022, and into fasting. So awesome, and that's where the freedom comes in because now you are able to choose the foods that work best for your body. And like, you know, when I just did a whole food plant-based experiment for 60 days, this was the first time I'd ever changed what I was eating, but the goal was not losing weight. Mm -hmm. Like I wasn't trying to lose weight. Mm -hmm. I hadn't gained weight. I'm not trying to lose weight. I wanted to see what it felt like to eat that way. And I was also working on my gut, you know, eating a lot of plant foods, seeing what I could do with my gut because I was going through Zoe testing again. And, um, it was, it was fascinating to change what I was eating, but not for the goal of weight loss. Right. Yeah. Just, yeah. just to learn about your body. and Yeah. I just wanted to see how that felt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How it worked for me. And I will say I was less puffy without dairy. And that's nice too. Just the freedom in intermittent fasting to be able to do things like that. Um, yeah. A lot of these other diets, it's here's your list. Brightline eating again is one of them. I have a magnet fridge still on my, still on my fridge to this day. It's literally a magnet that is the list of foods you can eat and that's it on this magnet. It, it all fits on a magnet. So <laughs> the, all the foods you can eat fit on a magnet. <laughs> fit on a magnet. Oh no, no. <laughs> so, um, it, it's the freedom is, is so great just to be able to choose the foods that work for your body and, and not hear, um, you know, Oh, you can't have carbs or you can't have fat or you find out what works for you and you experiment and, um, just there's so much freedom there. This episode is brought in part to you by audible your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring... The best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, and really one of the things that inspired me to do it, like I said, I was going through Zoe again, and I remembered back to my DNA testing that I had done that gave me like my ideal macro ratio for my body. And it was lower fat, higher carb. And funny, that is pretty much what whole food plant-based macro looks like is that, that macro percentage that was recommended to me. So I was like, all right, I just want to try it. I want to see what happens. And I have not introduced back as much dairy as I had been eating before. 
I'm back back with dairy, but I'm not using it quite as liberally. So. Yeah, I think I need to take a look at dairy too because when I did do Whole30, um, it, it felt great to not have dairy. <laughs> and so I so have delicious. a feeling. It's so delicious. But <laughs> I have a feeling it, it doesn't love me as much as I love it. Well, I'm feeling, you know, I've added it back, like I said, and I'm I'm not, I, I disconnected the idea of my shoulder pain being from dairy because it isn't. I've, I've experimented enough to see, okay, that's not it. It's not, <laughs> not the dairy. And that's a, the good news. But I, I do notice a little puffier face, but oh well. So talk about some of your, um, your non-scale victories. Also, I, I wanted to talk about your thyroid. So they've decreased your thyroid medicine? Yes. Um, that would be a major non-scale victory for me. There is just, um, they are every appointment I have to get my blood work done every six weeks and, um, every appointment they're lowering it. Um, and wow. Yeah. And, and like I said, they, they think that they'll be able to totally get me off of it, but can't just do that in one fell swoop. So, um, they're just lowering at each appointment and the other non-scale victory speaking of blood work is that everything in my blood work is in a normal range, which wow. Again, I don't know the last time that was the case. Um, to, to see my blood work and not see those bolded high numbers. Um, everything is, is in normal range. So that's, that's huge amazing. For me. Yeah. Um, Cause there's the proof, the proof that your body is getting, getting healthier right there. Yes. And I have, um, my husband and I have a scale that measures kind of like what kind of, you know, your visceral fat, your subcutaneous fat, yeah. your muscle rate, protein rate, all those things. And, it's been really fun to see those numbers and what's happening in my body based on the scale and how accurate it could possibly be. Um, but just to see those numbers even improve has been, has been really fun and a fun non-scale victory, even though that is a scale victory, I guess <laughs> the scale well, is measuring it. <laughs> it is, but the scale doesn't always tell the whole truth because, you know, you could be losing weight and losing muscle mass or something. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, yeah, main, maintaining lean mass is a, well, okay, it is a scale victory, but <laughs> yeah, the, also um, coupled with non-scale. The muscle mass is, is interesting. I, um, I'm a big, I'm big into CrossFit. Um, and I started CrossFit in 2019. And when I first started, I did it for about five to six days a week. I was very heavy into it. Um, this past in 2022, I really, that has come down. I don't know why or what happened. It's, I still love CrossFit, but I've only gone like one to three times a week on average. Um, and I'll have people say to me when I tell them about fasting, Oh, but, but you do that CrossFit thing, right? And I just, number one, I'm doing CrossFit a lot less now than I was before. And number two, I I can't stress enough that CrossFit did not make me lose weight. Um, you know, I were doing CrossFit without losing weight at all. I was doing CrossFit without losing a pound and, you know, it, it keeps my, it keeps my body strong. It keeps my mind healthy. That's why I think exercise is important. And, and I'm not talking, you know, I love CrossFit, um, shout out CrossFit kill shot, Smyrna, Delaware, come join us. Um, but it's, it's not what made me lose weight and it's not what continues to make me lose weight. So we were talking about the scale and it was funny to see my muscle rate going up and my muscle mass going up when 
I was only going to the gym once a week when I started fasting. Yeah. And well, that's I, the magic of, yeah, the magic, magic. of intermittent fasting, yes. your increased human growth hormone, autophagy, mm-hmm. why we don't need to force the protein all day long because we're fasting because our bodies are recycling the protein when you're fasting clean. Not if you're having bone broth though. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. but if you're fasting clean, your body has to dig around and recycle and it's going to build, it's going to build, take those junky proteins and build muscle out of it. Yep. And, and it's, it's been amazing to see that when, when, like I said, I haven't gone to the gym as often as I used to. And then the fat's coming down, the muscle mass is going up and I'm like, wow, this is amazing. So you're probably losing fat at a greater rate than four pounds yeah. a month, I would yeah. guess. Yeah. But if you think about it that way and do the math, yeah, most likely. That's very cool. Any other non-scale victories? Um, I have lost a couple skin tags and I have a couple I'm keeping an eye on. Um, I recently went to Mexico actually just last weekend, got home, um, from Mexico with my girlfriends and I wore some clothes with my belly out. I don't think my belly has ever seen the light of day. Um, so I did get burnt on there, but I was happy to get burnt. Um, so I consider that kind of a non-scale victory. Well, I think so too. Being confident in your body is a confidence. Um, I got a burn one time in Florida when I was, Chad and I were just married, I think. So I was in my twenties and I was wearing a two piece and I put my sunscreen on with my hand, like smudgy. So I had stripes, sunburn and stripes right on my back. (laughs) Yeah. My belly was not used to being out either. No, no, not used to it. So yeah, the confidence is, is for sure what, what I was getting at the confidence in not just myself and my body, but confidence that I'm going to keep doing this and I'm not going to gain the weight back. The confidence has been right. amazing. It's been yeah, amazing. That, that is the best thing, knowing that we've got the tools in our toolbox no matter what. You know, yeah. there will be seasons. Once you get to wherever your body settles, whatever that weight may be, there will be seasons where your weight may go up a little bit and then it may go down a little bit more because that's that's what maintenance has looked like for me. Seasons yeah. where I've had to tighten things up and after a big summer of cheese plates and wine on the porch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's it's no big deal because we've got the tools and we know what to do. We know what to do. Yeah. Um the elbows, it was it was funny. I've heard that on your podcast before. I was sitting at my mom's with my arms crossed one day and I just I started rubbing my elbows and my face just my mom's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I, my elbows are so smooth. <laughs> yeah. So and like, then like your ankles, did your ankles used to yes. be? I'm feeling my ankles right now. Yeah. My ankles used to be so rough and scratchy and now they're smooth. What in the world? Yeah. So the skin, <laughs> it's 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 great. So yeah, those are some of the non-scale victories. That's great. I love it. So do you tell people that you're doing intermittent fasting? Do you talk about it? I do. Um I will, I'm one of those people, if you ask me a question or you want to talk to me about it, I will talk to you all day about it. Um, But I also, I'm not going to, I'm not, at least not yet, I'm not at a point where I'm going to shove it down your throat. And and what I mean by that is I've had people ask me, oh, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm intermittent fasting. Oh, I did that for like three weeks. It didn't work for me. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, well, you might want to give it more time and tell me about yeah. what you were eating or drinking in your, you know, mm-hmm. when, during your fast. When you're fast. Yep. Um, uh, yeah. But it's always, push. and every time they were not fasting clean. That's what I always yes. get when someone's like, yeah, I tried that. It didn't work for me. I'm like, oh, let's talk about why. And mm-hmm. it's usually both. They were not fasting clean and they did it for one week. 
Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well. Exactly. And, and I'm not, I'm not at a point where I'm in the market to, to push, push. When they keep coming at me with excuses, I just kind of shrug my shoulders and go, okay, I'm sorry. I didn't work for you. Yeah. Like, you know, at least I planted yeah. a seed. Maybe it'll come back later. I've, I've had people along the, in these past eight months who have asked me about it. I've told them they're not interested or they think, oh, Lisa's just doing another diet. And they've another come, crazy thing. Yeah. They've come back to me since then and asked more information and, and started fasting. So. Well, that's a great feeling. And really planting the seed is just the best thing you can do because they hear you, they're watching you. And as you continue to look more and more vibrantly healthy and have more energy over time, that speaks for itself, really. And people want more of it. Yep. So is there anything that you struggle with? Hmm. Anything that I struggle with? Um... Gosh, not really, to be honest. And I know that's not a great answer. Um, well, no, that's okay because it, it's... I, I, you know, I've never been a breakfast eater and I've been mm-hmm. told, you know, like we all have my whole life that you have to eat breakfast, most important meal of the day. Right. Um, I was told by my endocrinologist with my thyroid issue, I have to eat within an hour of waking up. <laughs> um, and it's never felt natural to me. I've never right. been, and I've never been the person either to, you know, when we're getting together for, you know, some friends getting together, everyone's always researching the restaurants in the area, or if we're out shopping, like, Oh, what are we doing for lunch? Guy? Like, it just never crosses my mind. I've never been the person I love to eat. Don't get me wrong, but I've never been the person who just needs to eat all the time. And mm-hmm. so fasting has just been so natural for me. And I know that I've gotten a lot of people into fasting now and they, they come to me to tell me how hard it is at first and I'm struggling and I can't get past hour 50 and I don't understand it. I try to, I'm there for them and I give them helpful words, but you just, you felt great from the beginning, but yeah, it's always, this has always felt natural to me. Um, this is, this is, I've felt good from the beginning doing it. So, um, so yeah, there's not, there's not too much that's hard. I did try ADF, um, only for a day because it was Christmas. And my husband said, are you really not going to drink mimosas with me tomorrow morning? Cause we always do mimosas on Christmas. And I was like, no, I'm really not. I'm fasting. And, uh, so I decided this was actually a couple of days before Christmas. I decided I'll just have a full down day on Christmas Eve. And then on Christmas day, I can have an up day. And the up day was harder for me than the down day. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> we hear that from a lot of people. And, you know, it's when we're used to waiting to open our window, it's really hard to eat all day long. Yes. It's hard the for down, some of us. The down day was so easy. I, I it, was, it was not hard for me to not eat that day. But the next day, and I think part of it, too, is I don't know when to stop. So the next day it, it was, oh, I have this whole day to eat. I'm just going to, you know. Yeah. It's and it was Christmas food. Probably and the mimosas probably didn't help. Yeah, probably. Give me some mimosas first thing in the morning, and I'm like, exactly. all right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's really funny. Well, we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting, or what do you wish you knew when you first started? Some of the the a couple things that I always tell everyone, um, like I said, now that I've gotten several people fasting, I, I always talk about weighing either every day or not at all, or weighing every day or once a month. And really that the weight loss can be slow, but it is consistent and your body, if you're not losing weight right away, or even in the first month, I mean, your body could be doing other things before it goes after the weight, your body, this process is healing. It's a healing process. So it's healing other things in your body before it's attacking that stored 
fat loss, just give it time. You can't give intermittent fasting three weeks and say it didn't work for me. You just can't. No, no. And, and you know, I really emphasize that, of course, in Fast Feast Repeat, that the first 28 days are for your body to adjust. And I have an, a new book coming out end of the year where I'm not sure hopefully by December and it's it's just the fast start it's just for targeting a day-by-day kind of approach for the fast start and really like every day you're like okay I didn't wait a day (laughs) you're like not weighing during the fast start you know because because I don't want that to be the focus because your body's got to learn how to do something new yeah I'm really excited about this new book I just turned it in to my editor and we talked about it on Friday and she loves it I didn't know if she'd like it or not I didn't let her look at it till I gave it to her. That's exciting. I've, anyway. I've, I've read or listened to all of your books, so. Oh, well, good. <laughs> well, this one I'm really excited about because I think, I think Fast Feast Repeat is just a little much for some people. It's a great book and everybody needs to have it. Yes. As something to go to when you're having a question, go to that. Go to Fast Feast Repeat, use the index, find it, answer your questions, read a chapter. But when someone is ready to start, they might not be quite ready for all of that. Yeah. So I, that's what this new book will do. That'll, that'll be and great. I said, I'm never going to write another book on intermittent fasting. I literally said that. And then I'm like, wait, no, no. There needs to be one. <laughs> never mind. That's not true. <laughs> After this, maybe I'll After never this, write another for real. <laughs> My next thing I'm going to do, I'm hopefully will get delayed on deny traditionally published. So it'll be like at Barnes and Noble and out in bookstores. That that's I my next goal. To everyone. Um, uh, just because it's a little less sciencey than fast feast repeat, yeah. it's the one I read. So when I'm, um, I would tell I tell people about both your both of those books. But um, I I always say like start with delay, don't deny. Just read it. I always point people there. Um, it needs a little bit of revision. It's a, a, a just a few things I'm like oh, I would like to change. <laughs> there's a few things I want to I'm going to use put the words clean fast in there because it's not in there and so. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to work, you know, the, the success stories in the back need completely revision, re- revising. So, but we'll be able to do that hopefully soon. Um, the, the, the last thing, if we have time that I always tell people, we do. um, I always tell people who are starting out fasting is not to get hung up on the fasting hours. And that's, what's worked for me. I know that the fast is where the magic happens, but I got too hung up with the math of it because I changed yes. my window every day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I was focus getting- on the boundary of the eating window. Yes. That is my, I actually have that specifically spelled out in the new book. Oh, good. That, that yes. is something yeah. that, you know, cause I always said there's no wrong or right way, but so many people get caught up in like, did I go for 19? Oh, I only went for 17. Today's a fail. I'm like, no, that's not the way it works. <laughs> yeah. Cause the way that, I mean, the, the way that hours work out, like Yesterday I had an early window. Today I'm I'm not opening until it's 5 p.m. Now I'll open when we finish here. Yeah. So I'm I'm on a 24 hour fast now. But tomorrow if I eat earlier it won't be that. So I, I always tell people don't get hung up on counting those fasting hours. Just pick your window and and when you start eating stop that many hours later. Yep, that's it. If you keep like for example they're 24 hours in a day and if if you did an average of a five hour eating window every day your fast averages 19. Maybe one day it was 17 and the next day it was 21. That averages 19. If you keep the boundary of your eating window, the fast will average out. It can't not because yeah. that's <laughs> that's how math works. That's how math works. <laughs> well, Lisa, thank you so much for telling your story today. And I I want you to follow up later. You would be a good one to come back after after a year I'm, or I'm so and let to us have know. An even bigger story later. So I will I will follow up and thank you so Definitely. much for having me. Thank you. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? 
email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. Hey, listeners, it's Will Arnett. Our podcast, Smartless, has crossed a milestone that seemed unfathomable when we started nearly four years ago as we've just released our 200th episode. Join us as we welcome that dynamic duo of hilarity, Steve Martin and Martin Short. You've seen them on screen together in The Three Amigos, Father of the Bride 1 and 2, and most recently, and Only Murders in the Building. Both are comedic geniuses in their own right, but together they are always electric. And this episode of Smartless is no exception. I don't know if I've laughed more in a single episode than this one. We discuss their career arcs both separately and as a comedy team, how they met, who is more difficult to work with, and what motivates them today. Is Steve a better banjo player than Marty as a singer? Find out on this bicentennial episode of Smartless. Follow Smartless in the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Plus, you get to hear Sean cry. What a loser! 